2: I'm getting in the habit of the the place I work, they have they have events and then they, they need sound people to work the event. Right. And so everyone who ever works the sound for these events makes the microphone all really crappy and, and it's either too low or too loud or there's feedback. I pride myself on on my sound. Travis, you, under, oh, you know, I'm this. well aware, you know, this. It's, yeah. No. And you, and you you're good at it. I
1: mean, don't be don't be it's humble, a, it's, Brandon.
2: It's a it's a personal it's a personal place of pride. Uh and, but so I'm in the back by the mixing board and I'm and as the event's going on I'm like I'm like I'm I'm twisting knobs like slightly. Like I'm always like twisting knobs slightly. But I'm not actually doing anything. I'm just <laughs> I'm just just there to look like I I know what I'm doing. Like, oh, yeah. mm, mm, Oh, yeah. Twist that the mid (laughs) just a little bit. Oh, does that sound a little tinny to you? Is that that? maybe just every. And and, and I just have like the one headphone up to my ear, just be like, yeah, okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, we appreciate you coming out. And I'm just like, "Mm, yeah. Yeah. Keep it up. (laughs) Keep it up, baby.
1: hello everybody I'm Travis hey everybody this is Brandon and welcome to another episode of apathetic enthusiasm the podcast without a subtitle
2: your source for news and Brandon taking pictures of us recording so I can post it on Twitter yay Twitter your source uh, yeah. for the behind the- scenes <laughs> look at what I'm doing while we're talking to you about the behind the scenes look
1: uh, a, a little a little behind the scenes. Uh, information for you listener we we started this recording session doing probably 10 minutes of just goofy improv <laughs> between me and Brandon without yeah, ever was, turning like the microphones on it was so good and then we we recorded that cold open and then paused that and talked for probably another 10 minutes just about random stuff uh so we've probably done like close to 30 minutes of podcasting and only recorded about two minutes of it but uh <laughs> I, I'm sure we haven't just you know used all the good stuff uh already i'm sure this podcast will be just as wonderful once brandon finishes tweeting whatever he's doing <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm so i'm just so exhausted i'm so exhausted after the first 10 minutes of us talking and the tweeting <laughs> about us talking
1: <laughs> well well now that you've sent that tweet like yeah. uh maybe someone can go follow us on twitter at apathusiast or hey, yo. uh you know they can follow me at Jugglemino, you at steve the head and, uh, yeah, why not follow, uh, Rick and Morty Pod too while you're at it and, um, you know, try to go like enter our contest, which will probably be over by the time this is released, unless he releases it really <laughs> quick, uh, and, and get those cryptozoic, uh, trading cards. Thanks to everybody that, uh, is following us over there. You can also follow this podcast on Facebook facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show over That's on right. Instagram at apathetic underscore enthusiasm, which sh- I, we talked about resolutions a while ago. Yeah, we do. Uh, I'm try. I'm trying to use Instagram a little bit more. Maybe I can use Instagram like for the podcast. I don't know. Probably oh yeah.
2: What well, What was what was my mid year resolution? Do you remember? Uh, I no, <laughs> so- I don't. I it can't was like hold two you weeks ago, to. and I already, I already forgot. <laughs> that that's that's the real reason I don't commit to resolutions <laughs> is that I for- forget what they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: You can send us an email at apathetic enthusiasm show at gmail.com and then follow everything that we're doing podcast wise and uh, other stuff uh, over at apathetic enthusiasm.com. So that's the housekeeping stuff. Brandon, uh, it's been a couple weeks. It's been like a week and two and a half weeks because we're, yeah. we're, we're getting this one knocked out a little bit late uh but a few things a few things have happened Uh a major motion picture release that's right uh that that falls right there in the marvel cinematic universe the uh ant-man and the wasp came out and you were pretty excited for this one i was uh, one yeah. of one of those one of those must-see in the theater movies uh so yeah. what'd you think
2: and i and i and i uh, I don't have too many of especially for some reason this summer I don't have too many must see in the theater movies, uh, but I loved Ant Man the first one so much that I'm like you know what I I can't even I can't even wait for for Chelsea and the kid to come back from California from their visit to go see it with me I need this I need to see it opening weekend because I can't I can't show up to work on Monday morning and be like hey guys I didn't see it sorry I know you guys are talking about it now but uh, don't say it. I don't care about spoilers, so I wouldn't have been like that. But I needed yeah. to see it. I needed, to, yeah, I needed I, to see it.
1: I just used the other strategy of taking everyone in my office and having us skip out on work that day <laughs> and just being like, "Let's just all go to the movies instead," because you know all of our bosses are gone
2: you, anyway. You lead a life of privilege, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I so I, I went and saw it on on Friday, on opening day, Friday, and um. Uh, here here's here's my initial impression of the movie i liked it a 7 out of 10 that's right up front so you you know exactly where i stand with it 7 out of 10 i enjoyed it i had fun with it however that's
1: that's like your deadpool score right there
2: yeah however there were parts of the movie that i um i just it didn't live up to the original it didn't live up to the first one for me
1: no, I'm with you. I'm with. That's
2: you. my that's my Brandon's minute. That's how I thought about this movie. We'll get into more details here in a second. What about yours? Yeah, What's your Travis uh, minute?
1: It was a fun movie. Um there were many many laughs. Many laughs were had. Mm-hmm. Um but I felt like overall the movie felt very like surface level. Uh there didn't seem to be that much depth to it. And I don't, like. I feel like the story was very much like easy to digest. Like I, I didn't, I didn't have to think too hard about this movie. Um, I just like it seemed to follow the beats, and there wasn't a lot of. There was. There didn't seem to be a lot of stuff going on. There was like one major problem: them trying to get into
2: the quantum you know, realm.
1: The quantum realm. Uh, and then one other like, not that menacing of a villain that was that was trying to like mess stuff up for them. So like, I found it entertaining, but as, in terms of like, Marvel movies or like, you know, like it was it was fun, but I felt like, like it was a popcorn movie. It wasn't, which I mean, most Marvel movies you could argue they are, but. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Like I felt like there was a deeper story in Black Panther than than anything we got out of ant I i i've
2: have, i've have i have two questions for you. And um, the, the first the first question is: When you say the the villain wasn't that menacing, are you talking about Ghost or are you talking about Walter Goggins, the the weird like kind of mobster? Owns a restaurant. Kind of used car
1: salesman sort of guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh I I, I
2: was, That's
1: I was the first referring question. to I was referring to ghost. Okay. Um, in that in that. And and I mean it's not to say she wasn't powerful, but it also seemed like her powers didn't come from a place of her trying to get something more than losing her powers. Like, you know, she wasn't she wasn't using her powers to do senseless harm or you know any kind of personal gain outside of just trying to cure herself of the power she has in the first place she was
2: using her powers to get rid of her powers sure she was she was basically like rogue in the sense that she's like i mean i'll use my power to kill somebody so long as that power allows me to not have this power anymore (laughs) (laughs) right Good old Marvel. <laughs> um, so so uh, I'll talk more about Ghost here in, in a second. The second thing I had, the the second thing I mentioned was uh, you talk about it being a popcorn movie and just being kind of, uh, maybe this is a word put in your mouth, but more shallow than uh, how no, absolutely. Marvel had been, right? Do you think, opinion-wise, that is a... A more saccharine, uh, uh, direction for Marvel, especially after the heaviness that is, uh, in Infinity War. Do you think Marvel's like we had Infinity War? It's really, really heavy. Let's go back to hey, fun loving, just in-, in in the interim until we get to uh, Captain Marvel and and Marvel uh, Avengers War.
1: Uh, I I hundred percent think that strategically the release order of these films was was done with that in mind and and i do think that the intent here is for everyone's soul to be crushed uh by thanos at the end of infinity war part one and then for us to slightly recuperate a little bit and enjoy the the parts of marvel that really are a lot of fun and and you know there were a lot of really fun parts in infinity war i think um right up until like you know, half of the populate, half of the universe was was snapped out <laughs> yeah. of existence. So until people um, don't feel so good, yeah, right. And so, I yeah, I I completely think that that was Marvel's strategy, but I think they could still, you know, I again, I like the movie. I'd probably give it a seven seven point five, um, overall. But I I just. I think they could have done more with the time that they had. They could have still had an entertaining, fun movie and maybe gone just a little bit deeper with like I don't I don't want to say the writing was bad because I don't feel like like a lot of stuff was really well written within like the dialogue and things like that. I just felt like they could have maybe done just at least a more interesting story. Like I feel like the things that they were trying to have happen played out over the whole course of the movie. And I, I I don't know. I think there was more time that they could have done something more than what they did. I don't know. Yeah. That
2: probably doesn't make sense. Uh, no, I, I, I think it does. Right. Like, so thematically the movie is all about father and daughter relationships. If, if we're really boiling it down, right. But between Scott and his daughter, between Hank and, and, um, in his, his daughter, the wasp, uh, <laughs> Evangeline Lily. Uh and then uh, between Ghost and uh Bill Foster uh Lawrence Fishburne, right? Like father-daughter relationships. And of course, um Janet in the in the quantum realm. That, that's a part of it, but she's not a, she's not a father or a, like yeah. A,
1: yeah. parental relationships I guess. Yeah, a,
2: a, a, exactly, exactly. So thematically that's that's there. Um and maybe I haven't Maybe there is a, a a deeper look at that, or how those relationships go that I that I haven't really stopped and analyzed, um, but but I feel like it's surface level. I, I don't think they they really explore like, oh, here here's the the similarities or or the the uh, the mirrors bef- between Scott and Hank, right? They, they just kind of like gloss over it like y- you can have characters who are father and daughter, father and daughter father and daughter, but if you don't tie them in a deeper m- way, then it's it's just a shallow theme like the does that make interestingly
1: and in, interestingly enough, I feel like one of the best like played out connections between like a parent child or like the interpersonal relationships uh happens in this movie when uh when scott lang played by paul Rudd, right ant-man uh is is sort of hypnotized or like his his brain is sort of shut down and the mom michelle pfeiffer's character uh is communicating through him from the phantom realm and she's like fixing the equation and then she's like connecting with her daughter hope and all this stuff right like and and like it's it's one of these things where like he's it's hilarious because it's Paul Rudd you know acting like the mom (laughs) uh but at the same time it's just kind of like a kind of a touching moment like that's the first time she's really gotten to communicate with them you know in 20 something years so uh yeah I don't know I felt like that was really interesting and then but even like once she was back and things like that it just kind of kind of everything just kind of seemed to keep rolling along um so i don't know it was good it was i I feel maybe maybe it's because i'm two weeks removed from it (laughs) and and like i've had time to kind of like calm down but like i I, like i really did enjoy it walking out of the theater um it was was a fun movie and and like all the things that they did with blowing making things big making things small some of the ways that they uh worked out some of that stuff, like it was interesting, like the concept of fighting for a building, uh, and, and trying <laughs> and, and trying, yeah. you know, that like that that kind of stuff is, that, is unique that, to an Ant Man movie.
2: That the MacGuffin is a giant building, uh, <laughs> yeah. or a small building, if if you want, if you really want to take a look at it, that that, that that's pretty cool. Uh, I ha- I have I have more thoughts on the movie. I want to ask this question uh, to you. Uh my friend Carrie, who is from Blazing Caribou Studios, uh I I'm in their Slack channel and then after you know, after I saw Ant Man, I was just, you know, I didn't go in there right away and be like, Hey, here's what I thought. But somebody's uh, she came in there and she's like, Oh my god, I just saw Ant Man on the Wasp and I loved it. Oh and I was like, eh, yeah, it was it was okay. It was okay. Like I didn't love it. I liked it. Uh and then we then we start talking a bit and then she's like Oh yeah, and just it's just such a good heist movie. Um and that's and and I oh I just saw your face and I agree with your face. And the the (laughs) faces No, that's not it's not a heist. It's maybe it's a little bit of a heist maybe. Maybe a little bit of a heist movie. But if it is that, it is not a good one if we're basing it off of that genre.
1: Okay, so I like to think that I am a fan of heist movies. Yeah. I, like as a genre, I really, there are several movies that I really loved. And, and we've um, talked about it
2: before. Like you, you, you love heist movies. You're a yeah, sucker yeah.
1: for it. Uh, big time. Uh, So, so what are a few heist movies? Like, so that we can just sort of like clarify the genre, right? Like the Italian job to me, that's like, I mean, that's uh, a that's, that's a heist movie through and through. Um, uh, I mean, some uh, of like the Ocean's Ocean. Eleven, yeah. Like Rogue, honestly, Rogue I One. haven't watched Rogue One to an extent. Yes, okay. I will say is a heist movie, but the thing, the things fundamentally to me that make up a great heist movie are uh, usually the assemblance of the team uh, okay. early on, um, the planning of the heist um like baby driver uh is is again maybe like a, some some has some heist movie elements that i really yeah. love in it um sure. but it's it's that you get you get a team of characters that don't fit perfectly together you you assemble a plan that that has to go right or you're not going to be successful you execute that plan and things don't go exactly according to plan but you still somehow manage to pull it off Uh, or you don't whatever however it's written but like like those elements and then you've got like maybe the guy on the computer like out of the van or whatever like (laughs) you know all those things like to me i'm like that's like quintessential heist movie um like mission impossible
2: i would say like like the mission impossible
1: movies, heist movies sure uh so (laughs) what elements of ant-man and the wasp fall into that like because really i mean maybe you have the assemblance of a team but it's it's a team that's already been assembled. The only reason yeah. they're apart is because they had a small falling out and it's it's a team of three and two of them are already together.
2: Yeah. So or, like or or, or the ex cons, right? Like they maybe true. they're maybe they're part of the, a separate team. Uh and, and but I know they're I still that, not really integrated
1: into it. Like they're they're not they're not all working together towards a common goal.
2: Yeah. Not until like the so, end of the movie are are they like that. Uh yeah. I would and that that's why like the first Ant Man was more heist movie ish, right? Because
1: Yeah, yeah, especially especially early on when they're like trying to break into Pim's house and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and, and then when they're stuff. when they're trying to break into Pim Labs and, and whatever to get the uh the yellow jackets. Right, Jacket right. Suit, right? Yeah. Um and and I'm glad you brought up baby driver, right? Edgar Wright uh who who wrote wrote directed it uh who initially started with the original ant man and has a more heist movie feel the original ant man when it comes down to it i i feel like there was um they tried to emulate a, an edgar wright uh root or like the foundations of a, an edgar Wright film and and so it felt kind of I'll say contrived, just just to throw out there. It oh, it, it didn't oh. feel as that's a
1: risk of sounding pretentious. <laughs> it didn't that's it didn't feel
2: <laughs> it didn't feel as natural or like natural comedy as as the first Ant Man did. Everything in this movie felt like the comedy was good, but it felt like yeah, let's recreate what happened in the first movie and then just do it again, like Airplane Two or um, you know, other movies that have oh Ghostbusters Two <laughs> or, oh. sequels like sequels. sequels, uh, which I guess, I'm going to get into ghostbusters 2 here in a second. <coughs> so continue.
1: Oh, okay. Like I, I never really think about Marvel movies too much in terms of sequels, right? Like Marvel movies to me now feel like this, like this epic series with, with various installments and different aspects of it that, that are, that are presented in feature films. Right. I, I, I almost wonder if Ant-Man two or Ant-Man and the Wasp like falls victim to that sequel, you know, curse that a standalone movie that comes out and does really well, they try to recapture that magic and make a sequel, and it just doesn't live up to the original. Like, because this movie is so sort of outside the the main line, the main storyline of what's happening with infinity war and the infinity gems and and everything else that's going on like it it almost feels separate from the greater mcu and so it doesn't have any of those ties to really pull it in either and add gravity to the story Mm. Uh, i mean i mean maybe some of the stuff that happens like could could very possibly play a role in infinity war part two or 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 future films but for the sake of this movie it just doesn't seem to have those connections that some of the other films do
2: yeah 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 i get you and it, it, that's i think that's a, a symptom of it uh coming after but before chronologically uh infinity war the the first one sure like it's uh again like yeah let, let's go back and let it let's go back and and be lighthearted for a second this is what happened before thanos was uh was right and did what was necessary for the the universe, right? Um, uh, I, I mentioned I mentioned Ghostbusters too, and and here here's what I want to say. We're talking about we're talking about sequels again. Uh, you, you had Thor, you had Thor, uh, Dark World, Dark Territory. That's a Steven Seagal movie, uh, and then <laughs> and then Thor Ragnarok, and Thor Ragnarok. You know, kind of shirked that whole s- sequel thing out of the water as did uh, i guess iron man 3 which i'm not a fan of but it still kind of changed things up a little bit uh i i mentioned airplane 2 i mentioned ghostbusters 2 i mentioned sequels that basically tried to recapture the magic of the first film and as a result weren't as special as the original a- and that then that's how i feel about ant-man and I mentioned Ghostbusters 2 because one of the critiques of Ghostbusters, especially Ghostbusters Two, is over over science talk for the sake of over science talk, where they just have conversations with with made up science words for five <laughs> minutes at a time, and you are like, this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you are you are you are saying science things for the sake of the plot because it's not real. So all you have to do is, like, uh, hope and and Hank were like, oh yeah, you gotta go to quantum, you gotta go to quantum this, quantum that, quantum that, blah 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 blah. Quantum, oh, and then you gotta get the quasars, quantum.
1: get the quantum realms from the quantum place, <laughs> yeah. and then
2: quantum jump them out to the to, quantum peeps. To which to which to which uh, Paul Rudd eventually says, "Do you guys just put quantum in front of everything?" Which is a good joke, right? <laughs> I mean, but, it is. Yeah. But, it was but funny. you can you can make you can make that joke without having to sit through an actual five minute period of them making up science talk sure, right true sure. and, and and so that's one of my one of one of my issues were like okay this is you're slowing down the the plot and the forward movement movement of this film by excessive unneeded dialogue there okay. you go that's how that's how that's how it I is. Feel. S- <laughs>
1: S- succinctly put brandon <laughs>
2: Not trying to be a jerk, but uh,
1: uh, right. it's a little, little internet stutter there, bud. That's all right. uh, okay. <clears throat> so, any, any, I mean, do we want to talk about post credit moments?
2: Yeah let let let's talk let's talk about, about post credit moments here for a second, Travis. Uh, before uh, this I... is this is this is if
1: at risk of spoiling anything, <laughs> we, I mean, we spoiled some elements of this movie, but uh, if for some reason you're a huge MCU fan and haven't seen Ant-Man yet that we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, who
2: gets snapped out. that, that, that that's, that's <laughs> the, that's the great thing about Ant-Man and the Wasp. The, the movie itself is you can throw spoilers out there, but they're, they're fairly inconsequential spoilers, right? For the body of the movie. Yeah. Janet comes yeah, back. Cause for the most
1: part, they showed <laughs> them all in the trailers for the movie. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the movie plays out uh and they're able to go get Hope's mom back out of the quantum realm. She has some additional powers that she's developed after being in that space for a really long time. What is her name? Janet Van Dyne. Uh Janet Van Dyne. Uh the original Wasp, if you will. Uh <laughs> yeah, so they develop a smaller. What did they call it? Like a quantum tunnel. Tunnel. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh
2: huh.
1: Yeah, and and so <laughs> that they can go get some quantum samples from the quantum realm through their quantum tunnel, and <laughs> uh, and they send uh, Scott in to collect grab it. some samples. Yeah, collect some samples. So you've got Hope and Janet and uh, Hank, hey. um, and they're all out like operating the machines and then they send Scott in there. And as soon as he's ready to come back out and he needs them to kind of like bring him back out, it flashes back to the three of them. And there's just piles dust of ash just kind of, they don't uh, feel so well. Yeah. Uh <laughs> So we end up losing all three of them to Thanos's snap and Scott is trapped, trapped in the quantum realm. Right. So, uh,
2: yeah. And, and an important part of that, that we, we didn't mention was, uh, as, as Scott is going into the quantum tunnel, Janet says to him, Hey, make sure you watch out for those time vortexes. Uh, they'll suck you up and, you know, we, we might lose you forever or we might, we might lose you. That, I mean, that, that, that is the, only piece of dialogue that stands out in that particular introduction (laughs) into Scott going into the quantum tunnel, uh, before they all disappear, which, which falls back into the, the theory that a lot of fans have and based off of, uh, uh, set shots, which may or may not be fake. We'll throw it out there that they see Scott in Ant-Man costume at the battle of New York, uh, for Avengers, Avengers one, uh, also, Falling into Doctor Strange's uh, time, time gem or whatever. There, there might be time travel involved in Avengers Four. We don't know, but they might be. It might might be like a three sixty. They might be like trying to uh, uh, sixth sense us and then like (laughs) like (laughs) I'm M Night Shyamalan. Actually, I'm directing (laughs) Avengers Four. You know, they were dead the whole time. (laughs) They were dead the whole time. Um.
1: Yeah. So I don't know that. I mean, time travel isn't outside of Marvel's, you know, grasp. They've they've done that kind of stuff before outside of the films. So maybe, maybe they try to pull that off. And that I mean, I'm I'm becoming less and less enthusiastic about time travel in in films because um, I feel like it's sometimes just like a hey, let's restart what happened or let's you know yeah. L- we we've kind of written ourselves into a corner, so let's <laughs> let's take two and and try to try to reset. Um, I I feel like that's not as fun to me.
2: Right, right, right. To to just it, it now now have the crutch of, uh, well let's let's Star Trek this. Uh, we're that, rebooting- that was
1: timeline number one, but we're timeline number two. So <laughs> in this one, in this one, Spider Man's Tobey Maguire. <laughs>
2: Uh Terminator did it pretty well. Let's go ahead and uh let's make Christian Bale Doctor Strange now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Have you seen this boy?
2: Oh, Peter Parker, sure. Yeah, he's <laughs> He's that uh,
1: web-slinging boy.
2: that that Is that web-slinging boy? Um yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't we we don't know. We don't know until we see more screenshots. Hey, to this this weekend is is Comic-Con. Maybe will Comic-Con hear, we'll hear some news this weekend about this stuff. I don't know is Marvel Absolutely. at Comic-Con this weekend? I I don't know how or they, they Or cannot... or they like Disney, D D23 or whatever.
1: Well, Disney owns everything now. So <laughs> They own Comic-Con so probably. Everything at Comic-Con is in some way actually Disney, <laughs> whether they know it or not. Uh if you d- if you follow the rabbit hole down far enough, uh it's still a Disney property. <laughs> I'm late um, I'm
2: late for a very important date. i I mentioned i
1: mentioned this while we were not recording but nothing simultaneously makes me miss being in san diego and also makes me glad that i'm not in san diego like like san diego comic-con like i'm starting (laughs) to see pictures trickle out i'm starting to see some people i know who are there and it's like ah man like this is the time this is the time when i should be planning a trip back home so that i can you know go hit up some Hit hit up the mother of all cons. (laughs) That's right. And and then at the same time, then like that that the thought gets to that point, and then I go, oh, but all the people and the
2: crowds and the traffic. (laughs) We we tried Uh, we tried to get we tried to get passes for Comic Con this year. You know, however many months ago, and 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 I don't remember what the lesson is that we learned from that. We we applied for the (laughs) wrong kind of passes. I think we did. We did, and I think
1: I think if we had followed through with uh, the right kinds of passes, we would have had a better shot at it. Um, and, and maybe next year, maybe next year we'll we'll follow through with that one. Um, because cause I think really for the two of us, if if we could get out to San Diego uh, at the same time, yeah, uh, I got a place for us to stay. Uh, so lodging's <laughs> taken care of um, but yeah like I think that would be amazing and uh, I, for anybody that's out there like super happy for you guys uh, you know if you see any cool Rick and Morty stuff send it our way uh, <laughs> we'll we'll feature it on Interdimensional RSS um, but yeah it's it's it is it is really cool because you get to see so many fun pop culture things that you're into like up close and personal, and, yeah. and you know, a lot of local cons are getting better and better about featuring um, really amazing stuff, but that you, you can't top San Diego for, no, for just no. and, and and it's it, it, it extends beyond the convention center. They turn they turn half of the Gaslamp District and and, yeah. and downtown into it's just it's just party
2: like, partyville, man. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, I went two thousand twelve, so. That, I can't imagine it's gotten any smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: The, when when they're premiering Rick and Morty episodes at a baseball stadium <laughs> last year, uh, I'd, I'd say things are are pretty big.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the the thing about Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, and, and just to just to establish that difference, like we we've been to Amazing Comic Con, uh, go, good old Jimmy J. We've been to. Uh, Honolulu uh, Comic Con, we we've done all that stuff. We've you know Tampa Bay is out here, Orlando Comic Con, all the stuff up near you in Omaha, uh, all those things. They say Comic Con, right? But San Diego Comic Con is the one where I hear it coming, and I say, oh shit, it's this weekend. FOMO. I'm 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 stuck in Florida, and I'm I'm missing out. There's so much cool stuff happening. And I'm and I'm here in Florida and not there where I need to be, for what we're doing with podcasting and and Rick and Morty and all that all that stuff, you know. Yeah, we're missing we're missing out. It's not a fear. It's yeah. we are. Actually it's not a fear
1: missing of out. missing out. It's actually missing out <laughs> on that stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah, let's. Maybe let's move on to a a more a happy, light and happy topic. <laughs> let's let's talk about horror movies for a second,
2: <laughs> Yeah, let let's let's talk about things that I'm actually missing out on again. Still, uh, so okay, Travis, I, I know you 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 you're okay with horror movies, but it's not like your go to, right? I'm not, I'm certainly not passionate about horror movies,
1: and yeah. like I don't see a horror movie trailer and think, oh, I can't wait to see that yeah, yeah. I, I for the most part uh i'm not i don't gravitate towards horror movies i've seen pl- plenty of them uh <laughs> and there are many that i appreciate uh but it's just not the genre that i i'm like gravitate
2: yeah. gravitate towards yeah. um uh, okay, so the reason I, the reason I, the reason i wanted to bring this up in on this episode was last week there was a A twenty-four hour movie marathon. It ended up being twenty-six hour uh, movie marathon, horror movie marathon, on Shutter, the on-demand kind of separate cable horror channel network that you can you can pay extra. Oh, that reminds me, I have to uh, stop my free trial Um, because I (laughs) want to pay money for it uh but on this on this channel Clearly Shutter, not a sponsor <laughs> clearly not a sponsor unless you guys want to if you want to sponsor I'll, yeah, I'll 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 keep I'll keep the the channel uh and it was hosted by this this gentleman named Joe Bob Briggs that's not his real name but Joe Bob Briggs and uh Joe Bob Briggs is is an old guy now but in the the uh late 80s mid 90s he hosted a show called the last drive-in then it moved to TNT and it was called monster vision with Joe Bob Briggs and late at night, this, this guy who uh, specialized in uh, kind of exploitation, horror films and kind of like trash drive-in horror films would get on TV, talk about movies uh, and give facts and give like, you know, hidden insight into these, these films that, weren't mainstream by any by any stretch, and and I you know I would watch as as much as I could as, as a kid in between watching like Rhonda Sheer up all night on USA Network <laughs> before Duckman, <laughs> yeah I would like rotate between these things. Oh gosh,
1: I, I haven't thought about Duckman or whatever <laughs> that show was. <laughs> yeah, in a really long time.
2: Uh, and, and then before Silk Stockings as well. Okay uh so so joe bob briggs he he would he would get on there like one of the movies i watched with him was was hotel hotel hell which uh in the movie it's hotel hello but then the light goes out and so it looks like hotel hell anyways creepy. So, so if you think of if, if anybody out there has ever watched uh turner classic movies uh robert osborne uh you know rest in peace uh Robert Osborne would get in, in there before the film and talk about facts and talk about the director and the actors and such. Joe Bob Brigg would would do exactly that. Um, straightforward. Not really, not joking. And then before the commercial breaks, give more facts about the movies. And, okay. That was, that was back in the 90s. Uh, mid-90s. Shutter, Fast forward to now. And he's doing this 24-hour, 26-hour movie marathon. And I've Friggin' forgot about it i forgot about how just so cool how magnificent it is to have somebody talking about these these kind of lower budget films uh, low, lower budget horror films with such adoration and appreciation for everything that went into them and in talking to to me, talking to all the the other viewers out there who broke, by the way, broke Shutter's website, broke the, <laughs> broke the streaming. They like tore it like Shutter was struggling through the twenty six hours trying to <laughs> like I as an IT guy, I can only imagine how like sweating they were that entire time. <laughs> uh, and it's just fantastic, just him getting up there and talking to us, talking to people who liked horror movies. And, um, and, in so I watched it, uh, it started Friday night. It went all the way to, to Saturday night. Uh, I, you know, I fell, I fell asleep. I didn't actually start watching it until Saturday morning. Uh, and I watched it all day long. I watched it with, <laughs> with my, my six year old. I watched it with, with Chelsea. Uh, the six year old like sat there with me and, and watched it. Uh, and then it got to the very end of the night and and Joe Bob like like shouted out to a uh, uh an old horror host uh his name is I think John Zacherly from like the 50s it was like one of the like the pioneers of horror hosting and he like gave him so much credit like yeah like he started this this format that all of us other, other horror hosts started um and Joe Bob's so old I don't know if he'll do any more of this but it was just like this is this is my friggin this is my dream this is my dream job doing something like that because i <laughs> i i have way too much unnecessary knowledge in my head, and i can like i would love to do something like that <laughs> yeah yeah no i i
1: completely understand that sentiment like only for me it's not like horror movies for me it's more like um. There there used to be a segment on the Disney Channel late at night called Vault Disney. Yeah. Where they would they would only show like old like Mickey Mouse Club original Disneyland series, like when Walt was trying to like sell Disneyland as an idea to the American people. Um like they would show that old stuff and I ate it up as like a teenager. Like I I loved that stuff. And for me, like the opportunity to like host like that sort of uh, like that, that sort of genre of stuff. and, And like really not, not just watch it or have it played again on TV, but, but get into like how that stuff was revolutionary and how the things that, that he was doing with television sort of laid the groundwork for a lot of what we see now. Like, I would love for somebody to get on camera and start like sharing that information again and showing appreciation for it. So like, I, I totally, I totally understand what you're saying with, with, with a genre that you're passionate about to, to, to have that opportunity to be like, all right, check out this movie. It's great. Now let me tell you why, like, other than like, let me explain to you beyond just as a casual viewer, what, like what, what really makes this movie stand out?
2: Yeah. And it, it just, just after talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, right. Uh, and, and I, I was, I was, I've been talking critically of it and like, Oh, here's, here's my problems with it. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's so easy to pick apart the negatives about things, the negatives about movies and, and even now talking about, it, I'm like I, I kind of regret saying anything bad about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Instead of focusing on like the positive things that I that I really enjoyed about it, and the reason the reason I say that is because Joe Bob, when we're talk when he's talking about these these unknown horror movies, uh, fairly unknown, uh, like uh, a movie called Pieces. Or, uh, Basket Case. I don't know if you've heard of the movie Basket Case. It's, it's, I have it on DVD. It's, it's a weird movie where uh Siamese twin, they got separated from his brother and then he's got a psychic connection and he lives in a basket. Uh, and he, and he kills things because he's jealous of his brother getting a girlfriend. Whatever. Um, it's, it's, it would be super easy to to criticize these movies for like being like bad quality, but he doesn't focus on that. He focuses on like, these these kind of indie directors. Here's here's how they made the movies, and and here's how they pulled together the money, and here's all the the facts behind it. Uh, Dario Argento, he wasn't an unknown, but he had this movie in the eighties called Demons, and Joe Bob went on this, I would say five to ten minute rant, uh, not maybe not rant, but just rambling monologue about the history of the demons franchise how it's it's so it's so cool to me because he starts like okay it started here it started with demons one and then uh dario Argento didn't want anything to do with it so then this other guy took over for demons two but they didn't want to call it demons two in germany so blah 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 blah, blah. and then it got all the way to like demons six or something like that he's like and uh eventually uh urbano burly or something like that came back for it and they're like well it was called the church but let's just call it demon six and then at some point in time he's like now you might think i'm done and you'd be wrong let's keep going <laughs> it's it's just it's so so fucking fantastic and um the, the really the whole point of this is uh uh I mean Joe Bob will never he won't listen to this <laughs> podcast but uh like he is this that 24-hour marathon has single-handedly uh convinced me that I need to go back to school and and go back towards uh working on my 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 film degree so uh thanks Joe Bob for not listening but I I still appreciate you that's it that's it that,
1: that's it that's it uh all right well um i i I have one other thing on our on our list of of topics that i that I think we could probably uh discuss uh, i mean a little bit uh not in tremendous detail, but uh before, before we wrap things up uh and that's and that's getting a design taken down uh, <laughs> on, on our tea public page um, so for those of you that don't know if, if you don't listen to interdimensional RSS uh, which is a Rick and Morty based podcast uh, we we talk about our tea public site um, which you can get to on our website slash shop <laughs> It would take you directly to uh, our tea public page and and, and what tea public is is a place where artists can submit designs and they will be put on t-shirts that people can if people like the design they can buy it on a t-shirt or a mug or a mouse pad or any other number of you know (laughs) custom made objects that that are printed on as ordered (laughs) um so we were approached probably a year ago by t public saying hey do you guys want to have a site uh you can feature some rick and morty artwork on there and and then anybody that buys stuff through your site whatever uh you get like a little you get like three cents or whatever it is. Um, so we we looked at it as a good opportunity for us to maybe make some t-shirts of our own. So uh, we have a couple of designs up there for the Interdimensional RSS podcast, uh, including one that was really, it's just our name. It's just the, the title of the podcast. And apparently, because of the way that it was drawn, it looked far too much like Rick and Morty artwork. And we we uh, were honored <laughs> with with an email uh, from T Public letting us know that our uh, design had been taken down due to copyright uh, infringement, potential copyright infringement from Cartoon Network. Uh, so I want to know, Brandon, what was your immediate reaction <laughs> when you saw this email? Because you were the first to see it.
2: I, I I was so we got, we got we got two emails. The the first email uh, had the uh, this is just to let you know your design colon blank has been removed for uh, by the Cartoon Network sl- comma Inc. for the DMCA the Digital Media Copyright Act or Digital Millennium Co- Copyright Act something like that whatever the M stands for. Uh, and I was like. What design is it? It says colon blank. It doesn't. It doesn't say anything after the colon. I'm like, oh well. And then then you look. Then you looked at the the website and you're like, oh, this design's there. This design's there. This design's there. Everything's there. Huh. Uh, and then we got a second email where they're like, oh, we forgot to tell which design it was. And then it's, <laughs> it said international RSS. And so then I was like, okay, uh, okay, huh? Uh, of, of all the uh, – so we have we have three designs out there. We had three designs. We had the interdimensional RSS, <laughs> which is just those words in Rick and Morty text, interdimensional RSS. Then we have interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast, which is our, our logo. It, says, it has our pictures on it. Uh, we don't look like Rick and Morty, so I was like, maybe they're good with that. And then one yeah. that Travis designed that just is like a like a like a name tag that says "Hello, my name is Unity," and it says "International RSS" at the bottom. Uh, and I was a little surprised that the one that doesn't say Rick and Morty at all on it was the one that they that they got rid of. So uh, that there's part of me like, why? can anybody tell me why this this is <laughs> uh and the email says oh you can challenge it if you want I'm like i don't want to challenge it because i don't i'm not going to take on cartoon network for this i just want to know what was the reason you guys wanted me to take this one down <laughs> um but you know whatever whatever it, we yeah. we only lost like 20 cents <laughs> from, from doing no that.
1: that's fair uh, one thing that I found really interesting is that that design is the one that you used to make those stickers. Yeah, that that we sent out to a bunch of Patreons and stuff like that. So all of a sudden, those stickers have uh, gone way up in value <laughs> because they are now a limited edition, uh, one-time <laughs> printing of those stickers uh i i still
2: have some travis i'll send you some when i send you these magnets.
1: yes I, I better i better get one of those i gotta i gotta ship you some business cards too we gotta ex- exchange physical addresses again uh but yeah i don't i don't know i i it was kind of crazy to me because i was wearing our t-shirt from <laughs> t public uh when you sent me that and i was like oh crap is it is it the shirt i'm wearing like uh and i don't know like it's something that we've always, from the time we started that podcast, uh, it's a line that we've been very cognizant of, mm-hmm. and 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 we've always really tried to uh, honor and and sort of uh, promote Rick and Morty because first as fans and then also um, as people that are trying to you know show appreciation to the show. That's why we do the podcast, yeah. but.
0: You and, know, as the and- podcast
1: grew, and as there are fans of the podcast itself, we we want to provide fans of our podcast with, uh, you know, something to like some sort of merchandise or something that if they if they feel so inclined to get something like that, um, those options are there. But we we've never wanted to take actual intellectual property or any designs or art from Rick and Morty and use that for our own show because. Uh, one as a as a I will call myself a graphic designer because I have a degree that says so. Uh, <laughs> like I'm a copyright infringement, cop, copyright infringement is very important to me. Like I definitely do not want to infringe on anyone's copyright or anyone's IP. So I made sure to hand draw our designs and and even down to the interdimensional RSS lettering that looks like rick and morty lettering i wanted to make sure that i kind of did that myself so it wasn't like i took a letter from from their design or stole something like i wanted to i wanted to honor it but not necessarily steal it so um i i think if if it was something where our livelihood was on the line uh and we wanted to go to court about that sort of thing we We might have a case, but at the same time, like it's not a big enough fight for me to wanna to wanna even mess with it. Like I know I didn't steal anybody else's design, yeah. But you know, it's it is close-ish looking, and I think it's it's
2: it's an homage. It's obviously it's a direct inspiration from the Rick and Morty lettering. My 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 thing is is that. I may have put like Rick and Morty in the description. So, so the, uh, the cartoon network Inc like went through T public and they're like, Oh, let's do a search for Rick and Morty stuff. And then just mass, uh, DMCA it DMCA notice to, to T public maybe. Um, but I, I will say that we we talked to Zen Monkey Studios. We talked to Josh, the the uh, co founder of Zen Monkey Studios, who does official, officially licensed Rick and Morty merchandise. Uh, and they were getting DMCA notices for their stuff on Amazon, and and he had to go back to the company and be like, "Hey, like we have a license for this. Stop, stop sending us notices." You signed it. You signed a contract <laughs> with us. Yeah, and and, and so yeah. so so part of me is like, well, they are, they must be just doing it indiscriminately, and then whoever's legitimate will come back with, like, it will come back and say, no, we're we're legitimate. Back. I, I definitely think there's that element to it, and just
1: if you go to a site like T Public, there are so many designs. Yeah you know, for just Rick and Morty or any other property really, that's really popular. And unfortunately not every design is unique art. It, a lot of it is stuff stolen from officially licensed gear, or sometimes it's just like taken straight out of the source material itself. I've seen shirts where people are like basically screen capping (laughs) uh, like a, 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 paused image from the show and trying to slap it on a t-shirt and like i that's never where we want to be like i think we avoided even using sound clips from episodes for like almost the first six to eight months of (laughs) doing that podcast just because we like we're like we want we don't we don't want to step on anyone's toes we don't want to take anything that we didn't create so um yeah like we, but we, we did, got over that with our soundboard.
2: We <laughs> a well, little bit. Remember when we did er, early on in, into the, the show, uh, we we did uh, a nat- not an nat- Park um, lawnmower dog, and we did it with this company Cooler, who came out with an app, and they're like, Here, you can make uh, gifts off of screenshots from episodes. And so we did this like this this watch party with this episode of Rick and Morty lawnmower dog, but we didn't we just did commentary for the episode. We didn't actually like have the audio from the episode on the show. Uh, right. Because exactly that we didn't want to have, we didn't want to ev- run the risk of being like, Hey, you guys, you cannot do that. That is not allowed. Uh, yeah. We're suing you. By the way, we're <laughs> Turner broadcasting, you know, yeah. um, a
1: subsidiary of
2: Disney. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so hey, it is what it is. Uh, we'll release some more designs, uh, and I will not put any description of at Rick and Morty at some there. point. At some point, um, but I, I, uh, this kind of vaguely leads into what I want to say, which is, uh, of those who are listening to this podcast, the handful of you, one, we appreciate the hell out of you for listening, two, um, we'd been doing our, uh, I didn't, I didn't pre-screen this, uh, next topic with you, Travis. We'd been, uh, with our Patreon focusing, uh, majorly, majorly on international RSS, the Rick and Morty podcast. Uh, but we, we wanted to, to rework, we wanted to rework that. We wanted to make that more of an apathetic enthusiasm thing. And, uh, we also wanted to change the kind of the rewards around. So, uh, Keep that in mind. We wanna we wanna incorporate the folks who are listening to this. Maybe they don't even like Rick and Morty, but they like hearing us babble on uh, about Joe Bob Riggs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, exactly.
1: Uh, uh, to incorporate and, and you. really like, yeah we we look at this podcast and uh, submit it for your approval, and you know, obviously, Interventional RSS like. They're passion projects for us. They're things that we do because because we like doing them. Uh, this this is me and Brandon's excuse to talk to each other for a week, <laughs> uh, whether we're recorded or not. Um, but we really appreciate everybody that listens and everybody that supports any of our podcasts uh, through ratings, reviews, word of mouth, um, just even just an email to us saying, "Hey, really appreciate what you guys are doing," um, and and so while we really appreciate the international RSS, uh, patrons, uh, I think, I think it's better for us to, to bring all of our podcasts under one umbrella over on Patreon, uh, because really like those, those patrons are supporting the other podcasts also, uh, whether they know it or not, right? Like they're, they're, they're helping to keep the the website going and, and keeping all of our, um, hosting fees and stuff, uh, running. So, uh, I, I, we do want to, we do want to make it the best value for anybody that does choose to, to support our shows monetarily. Um, and, and there's things that we still like to do and want to try, whether those are live streams, live events, you know, video versions, things like that. So, um, we're, we're, we're kind of working offline behind the scenes to figure out exactly what that looks like. But, um, yeah, there there's gonna be an adjustment there, uh, and 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 if if you're interested, please please go check it out and uh, and possibly you know sign up
0: if you yeah. haven't already.
2: Yeah, uh, so do that. I want I want to we we talk about we talk about international RSS folks who are supporting us, uh, and we had we had some reviews for actually this podcast, Apathetic Enthusiasm, that we never got around to. And at this point in time, Travis, I would like to I would is it like time to, for listener suggestions and short outs? <laughs> the apathetic enthusiasm version? I would like to thank our supporters for the five-star reviews. First, the the great host is the title by Terry Wolf77, October thirteenth, two thousand seventeen. Thank you so much. He said he says, I'm an RSS transplant, and I'm glad I can still listen to Brandon and Travis now that Rick and Morty is not airing. Sorry, it took us so long to get you notif- uh, <laughs> uh, notification. The next one is Great for International RSS Fans, December 27th, 2017, by Levi Monstapaz. I listen to International RSS, and this podcast is fun to listen to. In addition to that, I like hearing what else Travis and Brandon are up to. Uh,. Let me just say, sorry, it's taken us this long to recognize you <laughs> and appreciate you. Uh, you, you got, you've both appreciated us on Interstitial RSS. You appreciate us here, and uh, we appreciate you uh, wherever you are. Thank you.
1: The end. The <laughs> end. <laughs> uh, that's that's about our time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much for for listening. Um, yeah, we. We have a crazy summer still still going on ahead of us. Uh, some 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 scheduling things coming up, some some trips uh, in in the real world. Uh, but but we're going to we're going to try to keep uh, the show rolling as much as possible. Uh, if, if there are any breaks in, in, in our, our schedule, uh, make sure that you're following us over on Twitter because uh, because we'll, we'll try and keep you informed out there to, to let you know. Uh, If there's any
2: delays, things Instagram, Travis is in charge of the Instagram. Instagram. (laughs) I took,
1: I took a picture on Instagram of an ice cream cone that I had on Monday. And this let let me, this is our final topic. Uh, (laughs) This there's a place called Ted and Wally's in downtown Omaha that makes all their ice cream themselves in the store. Like you can walk by and see the like ice cream, like machines, like making it and stuff. And they had a, bourbon, apple, it was like bourbon, caramel, apple, prime rib is what it was called or something like that. (laughs) And I was like, prime rib, like, is that like code for something? Like, is that like, is it a special kind of milk they used or something? And then, so they call it prime rib.
2: (laughs) They just use, yeah. And I even asked
1: a guy and I was like, what does that, what does it mean? Prime rib. And he's like, I don't know. I think it's just prime rib and I was like okay so I was like hey I'll try it I tried it it wasn't bad I got a scoop and in my little sample I had like a bit of like bourbon apple and it was good and as I'm eating the ice cream there are little pieces of steak (laughs) in the ice cream it's no joke legit prime rib um and it wasn't I didn't think it was bad I thought it was pretty good actually and and an interesting kind of savory spin on on some ice cream everyone else in my family hated it um but i took a picture and posted on my instagram and the actual like ice cream shop like followed me and messaged me and they're like hey uh can we use your picture for our instagram because uh we we and then like that ice cream was featured the next day on uh ryan seacrest kelly ripa's show the kelly and ryan oh my goodness sure,
0: oh but, uh, my- not
1: not my picture not my picture but uh so i'm getting there i'm that's all to say i'm starting to get on in this instagram platform watch out folks you <laughs> see a lot more of this bald face uh uh so- that
2: that 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 leads your fame your your fame reminds me of just my last bit of fame my my very very last bit of fame i we're, we're dragging this episode out just a little bit longer than we should going back to joe bob sorry i got to go back to joe bob uh, uh like in his last hour uh he mentioned the Kulashov effect uh which in, in film school i learned about the Kulashov effect it's like like one of the first classes that i <laughs> that i took i learned this, this Can thing. you say
1: that again like slower and enunciate it cuz it sounds to me like the coolest job effect
2: Oh koolishov it's a, it's russian Coolest koolishov K U L E S H O V effect. Uh, so so Joe Bob mentioned the Kuleshov effect, that uh, which was mostly pioneered by Sergei Eisenstein for Battleship Potemkin, and he mentioned it. He didn't go too deep into it, but he, he's like, uh, if you want to learn about that, you can. We'll, we can talk about it somewhere else. And so I, I dropped a tweet, and then he he ended up retweeting it. I I said, uh. Good job, Joe Bob, for that uh, dropping that Kuleshov effect. You're making my school, my film school spirit proud. (laughs) Um, And and he retweeted it, and it was just like, yeah, thanks, man, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) Do you want me to tell you what the Kuleshov effect is, Travis? I will. I will. Uh, So I saw your
1: tweet. I saw your tweet, and I saw the pictures, and I thought to myself, I have no idea what's happening here (laughs) with this Kuleshov.
2: effect. It looks like a co- the coolest job, but I don't I don't know. <laughs> the coolest is. job effect. Let me just let me just drop some coolest job heat on you real quick. Here's the thing. Uh way back when, like when when film was just still in its infancy, all film is is moving pictures, right? A bunch of pictures like if you just took your camera and you went, snap 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 that's all film is. It's yeah. just a series of movie yeah. pictures. You, you it's know just a series of... I get it, Brandon. Yeah. I know. Uh, so, what the Kuleshov effect is, is this, this guy, Kuleshov, back in the day, he did experiments with, with images. And so, what he did was... And, and I apologize for, for details. These aren't 100% accurate. But basically, what it was, was he took a picture of, of, of a food item and he'd show it to people. And then he'd take a picture of a person, maybe a baby or an old woman or a clown right after that picture so you would show the food take the food picture away then you would show the baby and they'd take the picture away and put the food back up and what it would do was the viewer would then see the food then see the baby and be like oh the baby's hungry for the food then it would go oh see the food oh now i see the old lady Oh, the the old lady. Maybe the old lady is misses her family, and she used to cook this food for her family, so on and so forth. So the whole thing with Kuleshov effect is that depending on the images that you put next to each other, the context of the images completely changes. So depend, and this goes into how no matter what you're watching, documentary or otherwise. There's always bias because it's always being edited by somebody. So right. yeah, yeah. there you go. That's that's the Kuleshov effect in a nutshell. And uh, so so there's... was the
1: grandma hungry to eat the baby? Wait, did I? I think I, I think the internet skipped
2: out a second. I missed <laughs> I missed part of it. Uh, that that that's right. That's the Kuleshov effect. Is <laughs> okay. Is <laughs> grandma's eating babies. It's essentially cannibalism, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
1: we're we're teaching we're teaching you. The, the real deep cuts of, of, of film school here on <laughs> Apathetic Enthusiasm. Uh, wh- while you are giving me that uh, very... Uh, uh- useful and and and
2: practical explanation.
1: Uh <laughs> I posted to our Instagram. I did it. So so it's officially been active in we're, the last we're year doing now. we're we're
2: following our dreams, everybody. <laughs> we're doing it. Uh
1: all right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as we did. Uh until next time, I'm Travis. And I am Brandon. A, g-
2: a, good, uh, <laughs> a, a good a good day. Goodbye. A good day goodbye.